going to get into this, so it's a bit different today. I will not be preaching. Don't, don't, don't sound too sad. <laughs> They're all crying. Look, there's 20 people crying right now. This is, oh, look. Hey, but uh, look, we're gonna, so I'm going to interview these uh, three dads here. So, um, but really today, it's all about relationships, all right? So whether you're a dad or a mum or a friend or a whatever, a mentor, we can all learn. How many, think, how many of you reckon we can learn more about relationships? We just don't do relationships very well any longer in this broken world of ours. And, uh, but being a father is an incredibly challenging role today, as most of you will know. And so by the end of this, we don't want anyone feeling bad. <laughs> Because you're going to hear some things and you think, man, I don't do that. And you go, oh, I don't do that either. Or, oh, my gosh. I no, no, no. Today's about step up. Yeah. Your socks has got step up on it, right? So what we want everyone to learn, fathers, mothers, whoever, friends, what's one or two things you can take away from today to make you better at being a dad or a mum or a friend <laughs> or whatever it might be? Uh, and before we even get there, I want to just make one statement. Uh, some of the best dads in the world and parents end up with not so good kids. And some of the worst parents in the world end up with great kids. So let's not stand in judgment of anybody, please. All right, because A plus B doesn't equal C in this. And just remember, God the Father got a lot of very rebellious, bad news kids. So, um, hey, I don't want anyone feeling bad, but I do want us to learn. If God convicts you about something, great. Uh, so let's go and let's get into this today. All right, so on my left over here, right in the middle there, uh, we have Andrew, who's a father and a grandfather, I'm told. But to me, he doesn't look old enough for that. Uh, says right. <laughs> but, <laughs> and uh, he's got a daughter, Alyssa. And she's on our staff, and oh my goodness, she is a gem. So clearly, you did something right. You must have belonged to it. So just tell us, uh, how many kids, grandkids have you got? Tell us a bit about your family. Thank you, Pastor. Um, I have four children, uh, two girls, uh, two boys, um, and I have eight grandchildren, uh, four who reside in Australia and four here in New Zealand. Eight grandchildren? Eight grandchildren, Yes. Eight Four kids and eight grandchildren. I came from a big family, so. How many were in your family? Um, I, eleven siblings. I'm one of eleven. One of eleven. Yes. What number were you? I was about seven. Seven. I lost count after a while. About seven. <laughs> <laughs> about seven. Uh, did you beat some of them up? No. no? I, I think it was the other way around. Actually, so. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I believe that. Anyway, so here we've got um, Steve here on my left here, uh, Pastor Steve, and he's got three boys. Most of you will know them. Um, uh, Pastor Rod and Delfina look after the Sydney Church, and then uh, Gareth, and uh, who's on the keys often, and Paula, they're often in the kids' church as well. And then there's Tim as well. He's often on the stage. The other two are married. Tim is still available. <laughs> Taking applications very soon. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so they're, they're great boys that you've raised, uh, Steve. I'm sure you would agree. But I know your dad wasn't exactly the finest uh, dad going. So tell us a little bit about your dad and how that affected you. I just have to say, in defence of my father, his father was pretty awful. Um, I have to say that. 
Um, yeah, no, Dad was um, was not a great dad, unfortunately. I think he was just working through his own issues and never really worked them through. Um, very, uh, what can I say? Just you never ever felt secure with my father. Mm. And uh, in fact, I learned years later uh, that our neighbours would call him Chief Walla Walla. And uh, I don't know why, but they would hear eruptions, and this would be my father, just you know, massive uh, temper and things of that nature. It was very difficult living around him. So, how did that affect you? I think it made me incredibly insecure, um, probably felt deeply rejected. I mean, just a lot of bad stuff, basically, that I, I think I tried to cover up, and I, you know, I thought I was covering it up pretty well, but I probably wasn't, but yeah. So what did, you, did you like your dad? Did you appreciate him? Did you hate him? What, what was uh, your feeling? Well, yeah, no, I did. Uh, I think as, especially as I got, I mean, I always resented him from a very young age, but I think as I got to my teenage years, that resentment grew to real hatred, and... Um, I really couldn't wait to, to leave home. I just could not stand him at all. And so when I was 17, I met a guy at a party, didn't know him, and we decided we'd go off back off to Sydney. He'd been there living, and I went with him to King's Cross and, you know, went from there. So it's quite incredible. So your dad was not good. Um, but you've managed to raise, be a great dad to your kids. So you've, you've broken the mould, which is not easy to do. It's not even very common. So, any tips for the crowd, how you managed to do that, or oh, I, how that happened? I do think it was God's grace, I, I'm just blown away by it, but I, I came from a, an atheist background, everyone, my mum and my dad were both atheists, so I was an atheist, that's where we went to church, the atheist church, and um, now we didn't go to church at all, but, but, <laughs> but I, I met with Christ when I was at Teachers College, and it just went from night to day, my life was turned upside down, and um, I think the, th the thing that got me the most was when I was a very new Christian in the worship, I would just weep and cry. And I did this for three months and I thought I'm going nuts and I could never fathom it out. And then it stopped. It's never come back. But I realise now God was just healing me deep inside of all this hurt that was inside. And do you think that's what helped, has helped you become a, a better father? Yeah, it did massively change me. Um, and um, I just forgave my dad, just hugged him, and he couldn't handle it. And I think it just somehow it helped me just with my boys to make sure I was connecting because I never, ever connected with my dad. Mm. So now that your boys are all, all loving God and serving God, how, how does that make you feel? Oh, immensely proud and, um, yeah, just, just thrilled, just thrilled. Yeah. You once said to me you felt it was your greatest achievement. Yeah. I mean, Debbie and I have always felt that, that, that you know, Next way I walk with God, raising our boys is just, just absolutely the pinnacle. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Well done. That's great. That's great. So Don on the far there, and uh, he's, uh, he's on our staff here with media. So him and I do the, record the daily devos on a, on a very regular basis. And um, yeah, we have a lot of fun doing that. And he's one of our newer dads with his wife, Jazz. They just had their third child uh, named Rain. And also has two other times. So tell us a little bit about your fatherhood. How's it been? Um, and how is it with a newborn? Um, a newborn, a uh, piece of cake, mate. Um, <laughs> I do the cooking, the cleaning, the feeding, the... Nah, I only can say that because my wife's coming to the next service. So, <laughs> no, um, it definitely keeps me on my toes and keeps, keeps me up. Uh, but loving the journey the third time around. I loved it the first two times, but like this time... So I um, have a daughter who's 12 years old. She's on camera actually at the moment. I have a 10-year-old son, and now we've got a four-month-year-old. And I guess the experience from the first two um, helped a lot with this third child. And my, 
and my um, other two are really good at looking after looking after them. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's beautiful this time around. Yeah. All right, so just a little bit about my own dad. Um, you know, he was, he was good to me. In fact, he liked me, so that was, a, that was an advantage. Um, uh, so he had some good qualities and he had some not so good qualities. He was a fairly angry person a lot of the time. He drank a lot and that would make it worse. And um, him and mum would just, well, yeah, it was pretty, pretty rough going. Uh, it really did affect me quite a lot. He was uh, very strict. You did not mess with my dad. I'm telling you, you just, uh, yes sir, yes sir. <laughs> you know, you, he said jump, you jump. You just say how high. So um, uh, that was what he was like. So not a lot of emotional connection. Um, these things did affect me, but I'm thankful it didn't affect me in my role as a father. Mm. And so to a good measure, I think I was able to break the mold. I didn't copy, and he had favorites and all the, well, I, didn't have any, I only had one favorite because I only had one, so that was quite easy for me. So um, just going back to you, Don, for a moment, um, having fun with your kids, what sort of things did you do? What things, sort of things do you do? Um, I do something that, that's fun for me. I don't know if it's so much fun for them. I love um, picking them up from school, but usually I just wait outside their school and I wind down the, the windows and I blast embarrassing music. <laughs> and I just see them running from a distance and I'm like, and I just turn it up louder and I lock the, lock the doors so they can't get in and all their friends are looking at me. That's fun for me. Um, but um, on, on a more serious note, Something that's fun for me is I, I love celebrating in their victories when they have um, sports games or their report cards or just celebrating that with them. It's that's, that's actual fun for me. And also just embracing them when they're going through tough times or when they take a few losses, just embracing that and just able to navigate thought processes and how to overcome things. So, yeah, that's, right. that's fun for me. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Steve, did you have any fun with your boys? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, Gareth, I asked Gareth, did he, what did he learn from me? And he, one thing, he, and I didn't like this, he said I learned to be competitive. Um, so, <laughs> so that's that's not a plus. But we played a lot of sport together, uh, a lot of sport, and uh, it was just great. We had a nice, lovely big backyard, and we played games together a lot. And fun was such a big part and an important part of our of our growing up for the boys. So was that quite a deliberate thing that you did? Yeah, I was very intentional because I knew I'd be going strong in other directions spiritually. So I really wanted to kind of balance it and keep their hearts open to, to, to Debbie and myself. It's so important to bring people with you. So we did focus on the fun side a lot. So the fun side was more to win their hearts in yeah, some I mean, way so you could then influence them more in other areas. Yeah, it, yeah. it really was, and I'm, okay. I'm sorry about that, Tim, to tell you that now, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it was true, yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go to Andrew. Andrew, tell us, what was your favorite thing about being a dad or a granddad? Um, look, um, <clears throat> my kids, man, they love to eat. So, you know, um, I love cooking for my kids. I like to dabble in the kitchen a little bit here and there. I like a bit of, I'm a bit old school, so um, I like cooking island food, uh, a lot of chop suey, Taro, you know, they're real starchy foods just to get the kids going. Um, chicken curry? Um, you know, chicken curry is on the list. That is, I didn't really want to say there's a lot of islanders here, but chicken curry is my favourite, actually. Yeah. Here we go. No wonder you're such a good dad. But, you know, I, I intentionally cook on the weekends because I know that my kids, if they hear that dad is cooking, yeah. I know they will come and they will bring their kids with them. So, you know, wow. it's just a, it's, it's a nice way to bring the family together um, and it's a nice way to feed them and then they can take their children back with them. 
So your experience as a dad growing up, tell us about it. Um, yeah, so like I said, uh, there was the 11 kids in our family. Um, my dad actually passed away when I was nine years old, so <clears throat> I didn't actually have a father figure um, until probably later in my adult, when I had a few role, model, role models to, uh, to look up to. Um, so role I, models, can you just get, touch on that? Who, who are those role models? Um, my father-in-law, um, and um, I had a few uncles. Uh, they were great um, leaders, you know, uh, and they taught me so much. You know, they loved God, they loved people. And I'm sure my father-in-law, he actually loved me probably more than his own kids. So, <laughs> sorry, Joe, if you're here. <laughs> um, but, you know, my childhood, is, uh, even though Dad wasn't there, there was 11 of us. I mean, man, you know, there's, there was a lot of fighting, there was a lot of crying, uh, a lot of laughter. Um, but I still had fun when I was a child. Yeah, and what was, uh, what was your connection with your kids like? Like, was it distant? Was it close? Was it warm? What was it like? So I made sure because, I, you know, I used to think that I didn't actually have a dad. I, I really missed that, uh, that father-son relationship. Um, and I used to see it all the time. And I used, used to always wonder what that, was going, what that was like. So my intention was to make sure that, you know, I showed that love uh, to my own children. Um, so I'm a very affectionate type of dad. I like to kiss and hug my children oh, wow. as often as I can. Wow. Um, you know, I like to spoil them um, when I can. Um, so that's sort of where I, 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 I broke that, well, yeah, that mold, so to speak. Yeah, so you developed a whole different... It's great, no dad, yeah. you know, since nine, had other role models. It's interesting to hear that mm. we can have other role models, yep. but also that, you know, you really were very loving and affectionate. Even though you didn't get it from your own dad, wasn't there, you were still... That's again, right. that's breaking the mould, which mm. is uh, just a fantastic thing, thing to do. Just uh, something I know, uh, you were in the corporate world for a while. Mm. Uh, how did that affect things? And, Where'd you go from there? Look, I was, you know, being a new dad, it was all new to me. Um, man, I used to dream of being um, a, a dad until the kids started popping out. I was thinking, oh man, what the heck did I get myself into? I just wanted to put them back into their mummy and go, just <laughs> give me another nine months or 18 months or so to, while I figure it all out. Um, but, you know, I, I actually put a lot of pressure on myself because as a new dad, you know, I really wanted to make sure that I didn't fail. Um, and as a new dad, you know, you didn't want to, I didn't want to be uh, sort of incompetent. Um, so I thought I'll work on a career, and I did. Um, I spent hours and hours, um, you know, building um, and getting to where I was um, in, in, a, in a job, uh, made senior management, you had the car, the, everything, you know. Um, but with all those hours, which was about 60, 70 hours a week, uh, working weekends, uh, Christmas, New Year, didn't really spend a lot of time in Christmas, New Year with uh, my kids. Um, it really, uh, you know, took a toll on my kids and, and my, my own relationship with my own children. And I really regret missing out on, my, on that time of, you know, it was, when they're young, it's such a crucial time mm. for them. Mm. You know, you need to build those, uh, those really strong foundations, especially at that age, because that sets them up for when they get older. So you didn't give your kids the time that they needed because you're too busy pursuing a career? I thought, okay. I th I thought what I was doing yeah. was right, yeah. um, but it was only later that I actually discovered that I, I should have had a better balance in life. Did you do anything about it? I did. I, uh, just a couple of years ago, I actually gave up the corporate world um, and I just started a new business myself. 
myself and my wife, we run a small business from home. I spend a lot more time with the children. Um, and it's a small sort of faith-based business um, just, to, uh, to, just to show the children that, you know, hey, God is present in our lives. And I want it to be an example for my kids. So, mm. It's great, great. Hey, Don, tell us a bit about your childhood. What was it like? Um, for myself, I, there's three of us. So I got two siblings and uh, raised by a solo mum. And I just want to say that um, father figures can sometimes come in different forms. And definitely my mum, my mum was there for me. And she, she put on for us, like, to seeing her, her hard work, her, her diligence, trying to, trying to raise us. She raised, um, like I said, three of us. Only I came out perfect, the other two a little bit. But, um, <laughs> no. <nah. laughs> um, but no, mum, mum, mum was just good. Like, she, she led by example. And to be honest, for myself, I think when they hear solo mum kids, they, they paint us all with the same brush. That was, they were all lonely or were very, like, abandoned. But she didn't make me, she didn't make us feel like that at all. Like, she made us feel like, Man, she's Superman. She's Superwoman. So, yeah, she. I felt good, if anything. So, yeah. So even you had no dad to bring you up, mm. what I'm hearing you say is that your mum, plus other role models, yeah. were able to fill that gap to a certain measure, at least. Yeah, definitely. And to be honest, because I, I grew up in church, I, I was spoiled with um, male role models as well, with pastors. And mm. I just want to say, if you're, if you're a a leader out there, like sometimes you might not see the fruits of your labor, but keep going. Mm. Like you are, you are a hope for the, for the next generation. You are a hope for those who, who are fatherless. But um, I just always think about Hebrews 13. It talks about, um, oh, what does it talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I always think about it, but it's something about um, God will not leave you or forsake you. So... You're just holding on to that and knowing that God's the father to the fatherless. So, yeah. yeah. All right, I want to ask, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not sure I'm going to ask this question too, but uh, I might go to, might go to Steve. <clears throat> Steve, what do, what do you think, uh, because I'm sure you made some mistakes as a dad and got it wrong at times. What, what do you think about um, uh, saying sorry or asking forgiveness? Like, is that in your repertoire of skills? Um, yeah, I'm a bit of an expert at saying sorry. Uh, I, I said it so many times to my boys. Uh, and to Debbie when we were newly married. In fact, she made compliment. She mentioned, oh, you're always saying sorry. That's really cool. So, um, yeah, because yeah, I, I could see, I, I, you know, I just made so many mistakes of just a, you know, not a great upbringing and bringing that into it. But I never lost out saying sorry to the great. boys. I just never did. Awesome. And what about asking forgiveness? Did you go that far? Did you have to no, do that? No, I didn't do that. No, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, it was really important, you know, um, uh, really important and praying together, uh, you know, with, with, with my kids, just about an area that I might have got wrong, and so I'm sorry, can we pray, can you pray for me? It was really important to bring them on board, and yeah. Imagine as an adult, you know, you're 40, 50, whatever age you are, or 30, and you're asking your six-year-old for forgiveness, saying sorry to your five-year-old or... 13-year-old. I mean, that's huge, isn't it? So um, what about you, Andrew? Did you have to say sorry at all? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> saying sorry, I probably say sorry more to my wife than, than my, all my kids put together. So, and I'm still saying sorry to my wife for I don't know what. Um, but, you know, I think it's important to, to actually um, 
to sit down with your kids and, and look, if you've done wrong, because, man, all dads are not perfect, um, and I'm certainly not. Um, and if I've done something wrong, man, I, I just want to, you know, set the record straight with my kids. Let them know that I'm not perfect. Mm. Say sorry, and then hopefully we can just build from there. So mm. it's very important to say okay. So at this point, I'd like to get the congregation involved, because I all want us to say together... Um, I'm sorry, please forgive me, because I think we need practice at doing that, don't we? Come on, let's say it together. Okay, let's go. Three, two, one, let's go. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Say it one more time. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Now go and do it. Do wherever you need to do it, all right? Okay. Hey, look, Steve, I just want to go a little bit deeper on something you said earlier, and that was you kept, you, you've mentioned about maintaining an open relationship with your kids so you could always talk to them about anything, even now they're growing up. Can you just give us half a minute on that? Yeah, um, one thing Debbie and I figured out early on was that our boys were most open when they were going to sleep and they'd tell you stuff and there'd be a real openness that would come there. So, so we've always tried to keep that openness with our kids. And so uh, as they're now in, all in their 30s, um, Tim's just there, but you know, um, tried very hard to keep an open spirit, spirit to spirit. So wow. aware that um, influence never stops. And wow. even at, at their age now, I can have a, I think a significant input into their lives, which is important. Wow, that's amazing. And um, you know, one of the things that we're discovering is that um, if we're not careful, we will repeat what our fathers did. And we don't break the mold and we become just like them. So it's worth examining what your dad was like um, and just taking note of it and saying to yourself, gosh, I don't want to repeat that. But whatever you do, don't resent your dad because then if you do that, you will repeat it. <laughs> I will never be like my dad. He was, then you're bound to do it. But I think becoming aware of that because breaking the cycle, I think is one of the things that I think most of these guys have managed to do, which is important. So if I, if I was to ask you that question about breaking the mold, uh, was there something intentional, just maybe one decision that you made around that that's helped you to do that? What would that be? Steve, have you got an answer to that one? Is it... uh, no, I never really thought a lot about breaking the mold. Okay. I, I just had forgiven Dad, I loved him, I did all I could, and I just moved on as a Christian. So for me, it was just, just um, my new life in Christ that was, you know. Yep. Don, anything? That was... um, I think for me, the first one is just actually staying around. Um, and the second is just humility and pride, being able to admit when you're wrong. And I know sometimes I get real prideful and just be like, go against the grain or I'm like, nah, you're wrong. But just being able to swallow my pride and be like, actually, let's work it out together. And, and saying what Steve said earlier, just being sorry about things. So, Andrew, yeah. anything on that one? Uh, yeah, probably just, <clears throat> as I said before, it was just, you know, for me, it was just loving my kids. Uh, you know, loving my kids. I never really experienced that as much. Um, uh, you know, with mum just trying to raise 11 kids, man, that must have been tough. Um, so, you know, breaking the mould of um, that relationship between your kids, uh, just, you know, being intentional about how much you love them and actually telling them how much you love them yeah. every day. And you, it's very, very important because you may think sometimes they're not actually listening, but they really are. Um, and it may not be, you know, you may not have that set, they may not reciprocate what you're actually trying to tell them, but we know, and I know, that they actually are listening. So loving your kids is probably top priority here, 
even if they're rascals and rat bags. You've just got to love them unconditionally. And uh, I think that's, you know, just such an important thing. We did ask this question on the screen. Uh, I want to ask it again. What's your definition of a successful dad? Uh, does anyone want to try and answer that one? Yeah. Go on, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to go public so they didn't they copy me when you. Um, <laughs> um, look, I, I can't go past our Heavenly Father. I mean, man, the greatest example of a father, unconditional love, yeah. the greatest provider, yeah. the protector of, of all things. Uh-huh. And man, he has lots and lots of patience, something that all of us dads need. Yeah. So, you know, if I can just get a portion of God's, of some of those traits, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. I think I'd probably be heading in the right direction as being at least a successful dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Steve? Um, I guess when the kids were growing up, I was very aware, quite intentional, what would I like them to look like once they <coughs> left home? So I mm. always had that in my mind. But I was thinking about this question, and here's a, here's a verse. It's uh, Proverbs 17, verse 6. Children's children that's grandchildren, are the crown of old men and the glory of children is their father. So in other words, I think that that can say, one day when I have my grandchildren, that's a sign of being a successful dad because it's not just passed to one generation, but gone to the next. Mm -hmm. Do you want to add anything there, Don? Yeah, just quickly, just um, being (laughs) present. I mean, it's, it's okay to be at home but then if you're absent-minded, then, then what's the point? You know, so mm-hmm. just be intentional and just be there physically, spiritually, emotionally. Because, I mean, it's easy to come home after a hard days of work and just turn the TV on. But um, and I'm still learning this as well. So just being fully present, intentional, enjoy the journey and just enjoy all the little one percenters that, that matter. Great. Well, we're going to go a little bit deeper for a couple of, we've got about five minutes to go. Are you enjoying this? Is this helpful? Okay. So here's the question we're going to, and I'll answer it first myself. Um, How have you intentionally passed on your faith to your children? All right. So for me, um, I've always made sure God was first in my life and in my family. God number one, and that's by my actions and my lifestyle. That was always there. Um, along with that, to be make sure we were in church every Sunday, because to me that's intentionally passing on my faith. I also was very deliberate and mod- I didn't show it, but I modelled prayer and Bible reading personally in in the home. Um, so that was it was just culture of my home, you know. Pray, read our Bibles, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we prayed for Jody every single night from memory. I myself or Adrian did that. And, uh, you know, there's two scriptures here. 1 Timothy 4.12, set an example. This is how you pass on your faith in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So I did my best to model Christian character and behavior in the home. And a really important verse for me is Joshua 24.15. As for me and my house, we... We, starting with me, will serve the Lord. Okay, so I'm going to open this one up. How have you intentionally passed on your faith to your children? Let's start with Don. Um, Getting my kids to serve against their will, like this morning. No. Um, (laughs) Praying, um, praying with them every night and 
wow. having your own strength, your own faith that's, yeah. that's strong in the Word. So if they have tough questions, because they get asked a lot of tough questions at school, and being able to um, answer them and just, again, just to navigate through those, those tough questions and just being okay with ha- talking to, about certain things with them. So just right. praying every night, yeah. Right. Andrew? Um, yeah, a little bit like Don here. Um, you know, we forced our kids to go to um, youth. And it was fantastic, you know. I thought all those kids were crazy, but they were actually crazy for God. And our kids really loved it. So they, you know, attended uh, youth. Um, and now one, one was actually serving in youth. Um, and, and even myself, my, uh, myself and my wife, uh, we served um, uh, in youth as, uh, as mum and dads um, at one stage under the leadership of um, Pastor Helen. Um, but look, if you've got, uh, you know, school, uh, what is it, college, is it? Um, if you've got kids that aren't doing anything, man, get them to youth on a Friday night, you know, because, man, those kids are crazy. It's just another level of worship, yeah. you know, and just encouraging your kids to get out there. It's another level of praising. It's another level of just receiving his, his, uh, his word. I think it's important to, to think about how to intentionally passed on your faith, not just assume it's going to happen and just say, okay, these are the two things or three things or four things I'm going to do. So, you know, you can stand, you know, when you pray, you can say to God, God, look, this is what I've done intentionally to raise my kids and pass on my faith. So, Steve, you want to add something to that as well? Um, yeah, I guess we, we could see that it was very important to bring our family with us. Uh, you can read about great evangelists, uh, you know, who have done a fantastic thing, but they said, sadly, our kids are not with God today, and that's, uh, mm. that's very sad. So um, we served together. We try and got our, our boys to serve with us, just so mm. they understood what it's all about. Uh, I had to live, a, you're probably better than I might have if the boys weren't around. Um, Debbie would forgive me, but, uh, but they would not. And so I had to be really uh, quite, try and be quite consistent in my Christian living at home. Um, <laughs> Two things of the day, two times a day are really important, I thought. One was the morning and one was night. In the morning, I'd always had the habit of reading my Bible with my breakfast. So when the kids couldn't even read, we'd get their Bibles out and they couldn't read the words, but they could circle the letter A because they'd learned that. And they would begin to get their kids' Bible out and read, even though they couldn't read, the pictures and look at it. And even today, they still largely, they can read now, they still largely today, <laughs> they, they get their Bibles out in the morning and read it. And then at night, because you've got a busy day, but then at night, they relax and they will tell you things as they're going to bed. And so we would try and share, make that a real important share time, praying with them and not just praying for them, but getting them to pray for us. So we felt morning and night was really important as part of that. Mm, Great. So I've got one last question. Uh, Brief answers, because our time is just about gone. Um, And I'll start by answering this one. How do you see God as a father? How do you see God as a father? For me, I can't go past the prodigal son. You know, prodigal son's messed up. He's gone out and done it all wrong. He comes back. And in the father, I see uh, there's not one ounce of rejection towards you, towards me, towards any, anyone actually on the planet. Uh, that's how I see God the father. I see him as one of unconditional love um, and care. And he actually runs to us even when we've messed up. If we turn back, he runs to us and, and embraces us fully. You know, I, do, I just see a fa- my father, the, I see him as a God of unbelievable love and that he will never, ever, ever give up on anyone. And that's something I want to model as a father myself, as a father of a congregation, uh, to never, ever give up on anyone, never stand in judgment of people, 
but always believe that, you know, God can get people back on the saddle and uh, do all that God has called them to do. So that's how I see God the Father, love, acceptance, restoration. Um, Don, just briefly, want to say a couple of words on that? Um, just someone you can turn to whenever, just being present. And I'd love to be that person for my kids if things go rough. I know when things went rough for me, wow. I always went I always went to God, just turn to him. Wow. And I want the same for my kids or so actually good. anybody. So yeah. Always there, right? God's yeah. always there and you're always there for your kids. Andrew? Nice. Yeah, um, look, it's uh, for the kids. It's, it's, man, God is just like, he's the greatest father ever. Yeah. I mean, you can't go past that, like um, Pastor Sark said. Um, so, you know, he's always got your back no matter what. Um, and he's always got your kids back. But as long as you continue to press more into him and continue to pray for them as well. Yeah, great. Steve? Um, King David said about uh, God, he said, God, your gentleness has made me great. And uh, I think God is so gentle. He's really clear with what he, he says, but he gently leads us. And I think that's just a wonderful quality. Great, great. So what we're going to do now, we may need to shift these because we've got a clip on the screen. Do you want to shift these things? Uh, so guys, if you can stay on the stage, just go to the side and just check out this clip that's been uh, put together. We're going to make a couple of comments on it as well. Why don't you put your hands together for the, our three dads. funny and that he is just random. Yeah, there's so many things, but passion for God. He's a listening ear. He's always been there for me. Um, you know, he's just been, always made himself available his time, so. I love that he's so genuine, that he's so real, um, that he, he walks the talk. You know, he doesn't just say something, but he really lives it out, and I see that. One of the things I like about my dad is his generosity. Like, if you know my dad, he just gives everything away. Um, so yeah, he's always been like that, and I've also loved being on the receiving end of that. One memory, a uh, recent memory, was during the lockdown. So we uh, made the most of playing table tennis. He talks a lot of trash when we play table tennis, and he lets me know if I'm losing. Is it not the times where he used to pick you up from school? Oh my God. My dad is very, um, you know, he never says any bad words. I've never heard him swear in my entire life. And we were on holiday and the washing machine was having problems and it kept flooding. And I just remember I was in the house and he was in the laundry trying to fix this thing and he was getting so mad and I could tell. Finally, like I just heard the silence and then I kind of thought, I wonder what he's gonna say. And then I just heard this blast, like blast. And I'm like, that's it, that's the worst he ever said that I remember and it was hilarious, it was hilarious to me, blast. My dad's a terrible speller, so um, when um, he didn't know how to spell a word, he'd call my sister who was amazing at spelling and ask her how to spell. Love you dad, yeah, you're a good dad. Uh, I love you dad, I'm proud of you, uh, the man you are and the way you've, you lead the family and just the integrity you live your life with um, and your heart and your passion for God. You always just want to grow closer to God and many other things. I love you heaps, Dad. You're the best.
Dad, you're always uh, my number one champion and supporter. You've been my hero uh, all my life. You've been there for me through thick and thin, <laughs> through the good and through the bad, and you've been the best role model and example. But more than that, I guess you've given me such a great picture of who our Heavenly Father is by how you've been to me. Can't express how much I love and appreciate you. That I'm proud to, to call him my dad. Um, and I'm so grateful that he chose Jesus because our lives look so much different because of it. Um, we love having him as a dad and a papa. Um, and thank you for everything. Like, we are so, so grateful um, for everything that you've done. And we love you. Yeah, yeah. Aww. Well, thanks, guys. I, I hope that you enjoyed that little treat there at the end. Thank you. Give us one comment on the words that were spoken. Good on you, girl. Where is she? <laughs> Go on. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, baby. You can hop off the camera. Somebody else got to jump in. No, thank you. Uh, man, that was a surprise. I didn't know cool. that. Thank you. Like it. I'm blessed. I'll, I'll be paying you later, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> Love All right. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank Terrific. Well, I'm just going to put up a slide. Now, before the slide comes up, I just want to say again, look, I, it's really in my heart. I don't want anyone going home feeling bad. You, know? you hear about these great dads. They didn't tell you all the mistakes they made. I mean, most of them, are, you know, they would have made heaps of mistakes as well. So we all have. None of us have got it right. Uh, but I'm going to put up, uh, there's nine things going to come up on the slide right now. If you've got that there for us, that would be fantastic. Here we go. So um, just going to read those through with you, for you. With God's help, uh, you can break the mold and be a good dad. So if you don't feel you're there yet, hey, God can get you there. Secondly, work hard at being a godly role model. That's not easy. You will make mistakes. You will trip up. That's when you say sorry, forgive me, and all the rest of it. <clears throat> if you blow your call in front of your kids and not even at them, you can still say sorry. Make plenty of time for your children. Lots of fun. Got that one? I reckon that's huge. Uh, next one, number one, connect emotionally. Love your children unconditionally. And I think that's one thing that all these dads did is they connected emotionally with their kids so that, you know, the kids could talk to them about anything. So when problems arose, they'd run to dad, <laughs> you know, wouldn't run to someone else. Um, so connect with them emotionally. Love your children unconditionally. Look, I know of parents who have had the most terrible kids who've got into drugs, gone and gone right off the rails, have loved them unconditionally, and the kids have finally come back. So whatever the kids are like, you know, don't, don't allow bad kids to be an excuse to not love that. They are your kids, by the way. You did produce them. Just saying. All right. <laughs> Pray for your kids daily. Work out how to intentionally pass on your faith. Say sorry often. Ask forgiveness. <laughs> I had to put this one in. Bring your church to, children to church every Sunday. Look, they listen with their eyes. If church is not important to you, it's not going to be important to them. And if you don't get them to church now, don't cry when they don't want to be in church in, in years to come. I think that's, that's a, a huge way to uh, intentionally pass on your faith. And hey, dads, come tonight. Be anointed with oil. I think it's going to be quite a special time together. Let's stand, shall we? Could have just said the musicians. That would be awesome. Please. <clears throat> Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment and... If you can leave that list up there for a little bit longer, and uh, you know, this is relationships, not just dads, it's for any one of us. 
Is there one of those that uh, applies to you that you want to pick up on? Why don't you ask God to help you? Why don't you pray and say, God, help me to be a better father, better mother, better friend, whatever it might be. Which one of those speaks to you most? You know, for me, the one that stands out for me most is number six, intentionally passing on faith, not just to Jody, but to others. That's probably something that speaks to me of those nine things. I don't know which one you think you need to... Grab one, please, everybody. Grab one. Which one would it be? We want to become doers of the word in this place, uh, not just hearers.